Welcome back to 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 talking stupid. that button <laughs> all right well <laughs> welcome back to our next episode our next installment of talking stupid a special darling derringer deep dive episode with me today we have none other than our wonderful darling i bet she's mrs behaven abon how you doing today <laughs> i'm doing all right i got ice cream today it's I can't ask for anything better. Fantastic. All right. Well, today I want to drag you through the mud on some questions we have about Darling, the the little sister of the Derringers, and and maybe if we're lucky, we'll we'll get into some of your other characters and and have some fun with uh, just some regular lawful stupid shenanigans. But um, yeah, sure. I had to do a little prep. I dove back in, reminded myself. Uh, all the way back to your intro episode. Um, and I guess first thing I wanted to talk about, cause we've seen a few highlights uh, from it, but I feel like it's been kind of underscored. You developed this class with Darling, uh, with, with Dwayne for Darling for the uh, College of Botany. Um, you know what went into that like what was your inspiration for wanting to make a bard that was that was nature geared um well as a fun fact it's like yes and no i'm working with Dwayne on this class but it's actually a homebrew class from the domestic players handbooks uh you can get it on the dmg guild i think website um and it it was just kind of geared more to that like family business and like Oh, what's the word? Um, just that uh, domestic bullshit kind of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and the reason why I kind of went into the whole like botany thing was, well, I knew we were going on a adventure out in the wilds, and I was like, you know what? Why not? I like the idea of plants, and I also like the idea of being more in tune as a storyteller. Uh, for when um, in Goron because you know plant storyteller god dude sounds like a good idea to somehow tie that in eventually somehow definitely so, uh, so with that 
Are there any uh, features, attributes that you haven't gotten to showcase yet that you're like excited to, to get out there? Or do you want to keep that as a, as a hidden surprise? I'm going to keep it a hidden surprise. <laughs> oh. And sometimes they make us do little introductions for like <laughs> when we get new class stuff. And sometimes it just kind of gets glazed over. Mm. So we'll see which one happens first. <laughs> for sure. So, one of the cutest intro scenes by far for Darling, and, uh, you know, not that she had a lot of competition with Kato and Gus, I mean, cutest was easily handed, <laughs> uh, but we're starting out with her as, as, a, as a little fox kit uh, kid, and we have that scene that Dwayne set up where she's out, you know, trapping little rabbits, catch and release, and... Then, uh, <clears throat> fast forward to just uh, an episode back, I think, and we have you full-grown darling uh, with the new, uh, oh, totally drawn a blanket, Devin's new crew of chaos that he came shuffling in with. Uh... The Fool's Lullaby. Yes. Um, and you were you were hunting mice and catching them and handing them off to Gus. And it, it was a very uh, acute, like, I think it might have been an unintentional foreshadowing that that was, like, something that she just, like, naturally is into. But then we get a second little bit where you threaten uh, the little half-orc that, that was the antagonist of your backstory um, <laughs> by threatening to bring forth a rabbit army. So, any chance that that, that might be in the future? Is Darling gonna get a swarm of, of rabbits to, or blue selkies to... I mean, I feel like I should now, as you brought it up. That sounds like an excellent fun idea, especially with Darling, like, Tapping more into that fey mischievousness. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know how I'll do it, but like, heck, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's, that's what half of this is for. We can conspire and, and make Dwayne give into your whims. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. And, and there were a lot of those cute little moments, too, where, you know, Darling was a, a little bit of maybe a daddy's girl, you feel like, when she was growing up, or... Oh, hell yeah. Definitely. I bet she had him wrapped around her little pinky for the longest time. Uh, so when she got older, and then he was away more often, that became a problem. For sure. And uh, and being that, that, that's one of my other... This is where I'm going to drift off into my conspiracy questions land, because it seemed like most of you guys at the very get-go were... were very like pro Declan and like had these bonded memories that that were you know there was no question when he sent the letters to come help what dad's doing in Agos um, but you know we've had we've had Cato die we've had Vanessa die um, we had uh, Neko's character Zira pass away as well or maybe just be a, a vampire in the midst um, and it feels like the perception of how you guys are viewing dad is is shifting um how do you guys feel about that and what keeps the motivation for still wanting to continue you know solving his letters um i can't speak too much on uh my other two brothers uh because i i still think 
Gus and Paul have like a, a nice warm spot for dad. I don't know much about Paul or where his opinion stands. I feel like it's more similar to Darling's, uh, but hmm. we'll only see with time. But like, yeah, she went out on this mission to go see daddy, dearest. Um, but she's always held like the grump about dad kind of view. She's avoided the family reunions several times. Um, so like the shift in opinion, she might see it more darker as we go along. It really depends on how, uh, <laughs> I guess how it keeps on going and what his letters contain. Um, I'd like for it to get better. I have hopes, right? Because in all the D and D games, it's, it's, it's always a parent parental problem. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I, I have hopes for the more healthy relationship for them to like redo their bonds, fix it, make it better. Uh, cause I feel like that's a story I don't get to see often in D and D. For sure. Definitely don't want him to, don't want to get to him and find out that it's just some lackluster. I don't think Dwayne would do that to us. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't I, think he would either. I found a gold mine. It's great. <laughs> All this for that. <laughs> All this for that, we all died along the way because you couldn't just, like, wait at home for all of us to come join you. Jeez. And, and Darling definitely has the most unique uh, pet name for her dad. Um, I've never heard it before. Where, where did Toddy come from? Toddy? Um, I believe a Todd is what you call a male fox. So I just kind of pulled on that language, and I was just like, well... For one, I as Abon feel uncomfortable, like outwardly talking to Dwayne and just say like, "Hey, Daddy," that just that <laughs> fills yeah. all my awkward, <laughs> awkward bones. So I was like, "Oh, if I just say, hey, Toddy, that that's just like another stand-in name." Like I know that it means for Dad, and Dwayne knows that it means for Dad. No, honestly, uh, you know, obviously, listeners can't see this. I, I have, like, the dumbest look of realization on my face because every one of my notes <laughs> that I've written on that, I've been spelling it Toddy, T-O-T-T-I. So the the, ah. the male fox Todd thing never dawned on me. And when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. <laughs> uh. Uh, you're welcome. It's T-O-D-D-Y, yep. if anybody wants to know. Revelations. <laughs> Okay. And so, darling, you know, she grows up. She goes out with the Asylum of Style, becomes that sapphire muse. Um, what What do you think, you know, her, her life was like? Was she, was that like the most at home and that she was? Or how was that for her? Um, I think she was very much at home. She was used to the busyness of the Derringer estate because Toddy, of course, brought in so many kids and living on a caravan with a bunch of actors and people of like similar nature to her, like performance, dance, stories, all of that. Just, I, I think that was another home from home. Um, and and I will say, you know, she had. There was details. She had her own own tricked out wagon that you know she she was a star, and now she's stuck in Gus's food cart. She, any, any regrets that you know 
Shane Shane Khan getting his wagon brought on board, but you didn't get your your custom your own uh, set piece to drag. <laughs> uh, I'm glad she didn't bring her her custom set piece. Um, I think she definitely would have left it in either with the caravan or in a long haul parking spot. I don't know exactly where it is until Dwayne asked me about it. I don't know. Um, Maybe she parked it at the Derringer estate because she knew it'd be safe there. Just because she hates dad at the moment doesn't mean she's not going to like take advantage of the house. right? So like we're we're missing Um, all of those I'll be in my trailer moments. (laughs) Uh, um, But I think to be honest, I think she does miss it because obviously it's a food truck. She doesn't have the luxury of what I imagine would be like a million pillows and a mattress and all the drapery and just the multitude colors of fabrics and pattern things on the wall. And to be honest, if you've seen Hal's Moving Castle, if you've seen the inside of his room with all the little tchotchkes oh. and uh, the wind chimes and whatever and dangles, like none of that's there. She doesn't have any of her luxury fun things anymore, oh, and I think cool. she misses that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that aesthetic. All right, so there was a comment made from Toddy uh, in your backstory after you have made your first transformation into a fox and get uh, the challenge of changing back to get through the door that you know always doors uh (laughs) doing Mm -hmm, through at mm -hmm. you um i didn't catch it until i re-listened to it but uh to quote to quote Dwayne, uh toddy tells you some little foxlings spent days transformed their first time and it didn't register to me that because it feels like the the foxkin are a rare you know race i don't know how Dwayne sees it or if you guys have talked about it but it doesn't feel like they're super common so does it seem weird that that your dad uh clearly has some experience with your people beforehand enough to know that about their children um i don't think it seems weird i feel like it paints the picture that toddy is trying to be a good parent besides just adventurer dad um that he actually like looks and i feel like maybe he did pick up a parenting book (laughs) especially with all the kids he's picked up and maybe either talked to another fox folk or looked into the lore or something of the sort just so he was prepared for all the wild things that would come about especially in a world of magic you want to know when your tiefling child might accidentally like hellish rebuke their parents <laughs> or whatever the thing is like I feel like there has to be some sort of book or manual <laughs> for that kind of thing right I, I hadn't even he considered just seems like, that <laughs> Like there has to be a parenting right. book. There has to. Really got to pray that maybe that that ability just doesn't come in until like puberty or something. Like, I feel like it would be even worse. Maybe. <laughs> I, don't I don't like you. Right. Hellish rebuke slammed the door. <laughs> Third time oh we've had God. to replace that door. Keeps burning down. <laughs> Alright. Um <laughs> gotta reset for a minute. Uh 
Hey, you're welcome. I get the host all flustered up. Right? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, that's that's the fun of it. There's uh, just you never. You, sometimes it takes another another player in D and D. You can be trapped in your mind for so long about things and never catch those other perspectives. That's why I love these talks. Um, so drifting I'm on, full of them. drifting on, uh. You know, to some of your other appearances. Um, so we know, right? You you made your your official debut with the crew as Ms. B. But prior to that, everyone, I mean, everyone that comes in Discord has to chime in that you know, Avon, I just got to your to when a- when Avix <laughs> shows up. Um, so so you've had a handful of characters on the podcast, um, not to mention, and you know, fun plug for anybody who's considering uh, joining the Patreon for that even that dollar tier. There are like thirty plus episodes of the Arcane Wars where you get more Obix and lots of fun. Um, but out of the characters that you've played so far. Do you have a personal favorite, one that you're just very like, I'd play her again if we reopened that campaign? Um, I cannot tell you how often I would replay Abix. Um, <laughs> I've put her in one shots. I've put her in different campaigns. She is basically my first D&D character. And I love her to pieces. I would replay her anywhere. If any of the boys was just like, hey, we're doing Arcane Wars and this is it, I'll be like, fine, hands down, Abix, let's go. Even though she uh, had that uh, instance towards the end of the Arcane Wars, mm. uh, I'll leave it for people to right. leave to, to listen to that. Uh, but like, I would come back and play her. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't know, I'd probably happily play any of the others I've come on with. Uh think my character was Dipley during the second campaign uh she was kind of fun I didn't get to explore her very much so, yeah I didn't I didn't make it back to going through the patron episodes uh, on C2 I couldn't quite remember who all played it was it was a nostalgia throwback though I you know that's one of those weird things about being on the discord for a while is everyone is so like friendly and and it, it feels like a community a family of like I, I know everybody who's popping on every day at this point and then I went back and listened to some of the arcane wars and you know some of the people who who have kind of drifted on to other things like DB and and you know Velrune sneak them it was mm-hmm. just like oh my lord there's like that heart pang for for some of the old friends so if you're still listening, you guys, get back in there. <laughs> we also like new friends, too. Absolutely. Uh, we're a big old family. Well, we all talk. It's good. It's a good time. Oh, it's it's the best. It's honestly the best corner of the internet that I've found. Um, so thank you guys all for, you know, establishing that, because it was like that before I ever even started the podcast to show up here. Um and then, well, I did start off as a patron at first. Uh, so before Miss B came in as a debut, I was a fan for quite some time. I think 2017. So thank you, 2017 Lawful Stupid Boys, for making the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> how how did you find it? How like what when when did you stumble upon who turned you on to it? Um, 
Well, fun thing. I- I've told you about Abix, right? Mm-hmm. First D&D character. I was posting her all over my Instagram because I was in a campaign and I love the heck out of her. All the hashtags like tiefling, monk, just D&D, everything. Uh, and then one day... I log on to my Instagram and I have a million notifications, like tons of hearts on basically all my tiefling pictures I've got from the lawful stupid <laughs> Instagram account. Um, so I was just like, who the fuck is this person liking my D&D character? I'm like nobody with less than a hundred followers. Like who? <laughs> so then I go in, look it up, and I see this Lawful Stupid podcast. I take a look. And at that time, I was listening to, um, or at the end of the Adventure Zone, and I was looking for another podcast to kind of fill the void. So I was like, you know what? I'll give these these the, these little fuckers a chance. What, whatever's going on. And I go in and listen, and this is like the first 20 episodes 30 I don't a very low amount and I was like hey your uh, fire alarm sucks <laughs> <laughs> but I do like your content uh, hi I have drawn art do you like the characters and then we kind of just became friends and started talking from there that is amazing that that should literally be a <laughs> a note for anybody else listening who is is wanting to start a D&D podcast is your your best chance is just go find a good artist and pester the hell out of all of their work <laughs> until they come see who <laughs> so yeah, that's amazing I did find out that it was Chainsaw that was in charge of the account at that time well done sir well done <laughs> um and then also uh, another kind of hidden behind the curtain thing that n- probably not a lot of listeners know is that you also for a bit ran uh, the Twisted Tales stuff. Um, so you've, you've got that DMing side of things under your belt as well. Um, how do you feel as far as, as do you enjoy being a player more, enjoy being a DM more? Um, I think they both have their pros and cons. Um, I would lean more towards player just because I got like the freedom to do anything I want and come up with the DM and be like, here's my story idea. Let me talk to you about all the things. Um, and as a DM, uh, I had a very bad experience the first time I was DMing. So then I quit for a long time and then I came back to it to like do the twisted tales and just like get my feet warmed back up to... Especially knowing that I have C7 eventually in the future. I, I wanted to be able to do it, and plus, I like this game. I want to play it with my friends. Like, it's it's fun. And I think the storytelling and making all the NPCs and collaboratively coming to players for the little bits and bobs, like, even if they're one-shots, it's still fun to have that extra little, like, oh, what about this little thing or this little thing? Right. Um but I, I lean heavy on the player end. <laughs> yeah, I think I, that's totally understandable. I think even even people who love DMing always have that like special love for the freedom that being a player <laughs> brings to you. It's like, I, I could plan everything, but sometimes it's nice to just have that improv reaction. Well, my other problem about DMing is that uh, I don't have many friends 
right? <laughs> so most of them will either be in my game, or I don't know who to talk to so they don't spoil it to one of the other players yes. in my game. <laughs> that that hits home. I was like, I was like, where do I? Who do I talk to so nothing gets spoiled? <laughs> like, how do? Where do I? think of the ideas to make it happen and like yeah i can go over to ginge like in the other room or tap his shoulder or like late night in bed just stare at the ceiling and be like okay what if i do this thing for this campaign he'll be like yeah sounds great honey and he'll just kind of like wave it off and go to bed (laughs) (laughs) um he's not into the story building aspect so i'm over here like how do i problem solve <laughs> so, so on that note, what do you feel like your your favorite part of DMing is, and and how do you go about it? Um, my favorite part of DMing is the aha moments players have to like a little puzzle that I've put put in front of them, like seeing that like, hey, I did the smart, I solved the puzzle, like that little giddy joy. It's my favorite thing. It's also my favorite thing as a player, but like as a DM, watching a player be excited about it fucking love that shit or like if they came up with a different method that didn't that wasn't how i thought was going to be solved and i was like no i like that one better than what i had right here let's go that works (laughs) i i suffer from the polar opposite of that is i have i am the worst at gauging puzzles i will either assume like oh this is so easy they'll have it done in like two minutes flat and then my entire table is stuck there for you know a half an hour just like how do we what what are we missing and then it'll be the inverse i'll be like oh i've crafted the most clever thing and somebody will just be like i do this son of a (laughs) never the difficulty i think it's gonna be (laughs) yeah yeah but i i I still think it's fun either way (laughs) for sure uh so in, in your illustrious D&D career, uh, what would you say is the most standout moment for you? Like one of those memories that like instant recall of a favorite time? Um, oh my God. Like I, ha- I always picture the one I have with Abix. Uh, like it wasn't related to any of these games, but here she is like pushing and pulling to try and save her like just accidentally married husband (laughs) um from a cult summoning thing so he doesn't die and get enveloped in like this pool of blood that's just hovering above the ground and i always think of that moment as a very standout moment because it's just one of those ones that always happens in my brain Mm. um and then recently in another game um all, all the all the homebrew stuff that nobody ever sees, right? Because um, I feel like everyone lives the moments with me in the podcast. Why do I have to retell everything of those? You have your favorite <laughs> moments. You can hear me have my favorite moments. We all know those ones. Um, my other one that was just recent was uh, my PC had just met her uh, dead father as a ghost. And just basically blew up on him. Totally emotional overload. Lots of things going on. But, like, she solved many issues all at once by having a conversation with him to, like, this idol that she's never got to meet or knew of beforehand. And it just makes my heart real happy. Gotta love those moments. Those those quality RP times are 
I think one of the best things that like the the resurgence of D and D has has brought on is there's such a better emphasis on RP than I think it used to have, where a lot of more mechanical hack and slash kind of was the past. See, I love the story of it all. I I I couldn't imagine living a game of D and D where it was just hack and slash. I think I'd be bored out of my mind with all the numbers and everything. You hear me panic if a ginge doesn't zoom past it. I like fuck all the dice. I need twelve of these dice and <laughs> six of these ones. And fuck this magic spell. Like who's going to have this many D fours on hand? <laughs> Okay, but it does feel good when you get to roll like that, like ten d four, and you're just clatter dice everywhere. But oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I just have to find them right. all. <laughs> that's yeah. That's the other you know rough side of the podcast is everything you want to feel like it's clicking and keeping that flow compared to just a relaxed mm-hmm. table for sure. Well, you know I. I don't want to drag you on forever. Is there anything anything else like you would love to highlight about your your characters or anything else? Um The only one I could think of is Miss B cuz I I do adore her. Um and I currently have a project that's in the mind at the moment. It's just getting it from the mind to paper and pen, but like I want to have like a little um Reports like Miss B's reports from the end of campaign to oh, whenever I um, somebody finds these missing reports wherever they are, but it's like a retelling of like things that happened, things in her past, things that are happening now as they repair uh, Terra Novi uh, and all that. And that, that's my one comment. I want to do that. I just have a hard time starting it. Is that something that you kind of hope that uh, you'll be able to, I mean, obviously, right, Devin's world, when we get back there, we see what, what he has in store, but if it progresses and it's a little bit further in the future, is there a hope that we get to see, like, what became of Miss B and, and see a little bit more of her story from, like, a retrospective? Oh, I'm hoping that with basically all the characters, like, uh, even then, part of me in C4 is hoping I'll see, like, remnants of Abex somewhere. <laughs> I mean... Just somewhere. At, at this point, <laughs> William could show up anywhere, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we have no idea. Maybe at the end of the campaign and he's just hanging out with Daddy Danger. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Oh, Lord. That would be an amazing payoff if that's exactly what Dwayne has in mind. It's... It's because he did. He in in the letters that you guys all got mentions. I mean, it's it's high stakes. He only tells you guys because he thinks if the information got out, it would be like catastrophic uh, to all of Goron. So maybe it is another door. Maybe maybe there is a William at the end of this campaign. I have no idea, but I am. So excited to find out what Dwayne's got. Yeah, so I, I can't wait to, to see the next like arc to this story. That's it's definitely definitely worth the wait. So well thank you, Abon. I I appreciate you sitting down with me and letting me pick your brain for a while. Yeah, no problem. I'll happily keep on chatting about any D D thing people wanna have. 
I got full of thoughts. So many. And again, hopefully this is a, a continuous thing. Maybe we'll get a, a special interview with Shane and Devin and, and pick Dwayne's brain as well down the road. So if you're listening and you have any questions that you just are dying for them to answer, hop into the Discord, ping me. I will make sure that we, we get it in front of them. Um, thank everybody for listening. Yeah, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Talking stupid. Definitely worth the wait.